Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof now and we're lowering the floor. The band is blistering, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Whiskey Topic. I'm Mark Bylock, and I'm here with Jamie Johnson. Hello. Hi. Um, as we survive our quarantine, uh, this is going to be another fun episode. We're going to talk about whiskey and music um, and why so many singers and, and songwriters and musicians just write about whiskey and music. Like, what's the deal there? It's a great question. It's not It's not for me, though. I know. I wish we had a specialist, uh, somebody that's in the industry that could talk about this. But I mean, it just, you know, it's so hard to get somebody uh, on any notice, really, because musicians, right? Yes, exactly. They're always late. <laughs> we have Alan Doyle here, um, and he was not late. He was on time. And, uh, you know, if we're going to talk about his music career. Now, if you don't know Alan Doyle, well, shame on you. Also, he's... They uh, wouldn't be listening to this podcast. They, they automatically know who he is. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's right. And um, the song, the, the our, our song was, was wonderfully donated by Alan Doyle. Um, I, I always joke with listeners, and I say Alan Doyle wrote it for our podcast, Um you know, anybody like I didn't know that, I did, but it turns out I did. You know, sometimes <laughs> time happens in a different order, right? And uh, and uh, that's the way I like to see it. But <laughs> well, well, thanks Alan. for having me. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's um, it's nice. To, I've heard this podcast a few times, and it's always great to talk about <laughs> some of your favorite stuff on the old internet. And uh, God knows, whiskey and songs are amongst mine. You know, and I, you know, for me, I suppose, you know, the two became intertwined. Uh, two ways you know the first uh, thing for me was growing up of course in uh, in the celtic music you know the the pub sort of the the the, the music scene uh in in traditional celtic places uh harkens back to ireland and scotland of course where there's all kinds of references to whiskey and and uh you know the the poutine and the and and the all kinds of any any manner of moonshine right is mm-hmm. always celebrated in song and then my when i sort of moved to st john's in in my late teens uh when i started going to university in st john's of course I, my whole apprenticeship kind of professionally was in the pubs of downtown st john's and so both you know my young life and my young adult life were both kind of whiskey soaked in song Jamie? I literally just took a sip. Sorry. <laughs> like, the worst timing ever. I'm, t- I'm just drinking. Actually, that's a. this might be a good segue into what I am actually drinking and what uh-huh. you guys are drinking. Um, just to move away from that for a second. But we'll come back around to it. So I'm drinking something super high ABV, 118 proof, 59.4% ABV. So it's going to be great podcast. I'm going to be extra funny. Uh, it's, I'm drinking Little Book. Chapter oh, two. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Bookers. A bourbon this time. Oh, that's I feel lovely. like I, I feel like I should represent the voice of the novice and ace, ask what ABB is. Oh. Oh. Sorry, everybody listening at home, I'm sorry. It's no. <laughs> a great question. We forget sometimes. So, yeah, ABV, alcohol by volume. So, basically, just. Oh, ABV. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, that sounds delicious. Mark, what are you drinking? Um, I've got. Um, I went all the way to the west coast of Canada, and I'm drinking uh, Shel- uh, Shelter Point's uh, artisanal single malt whiskey. Uh, uh, so uh, Shelter Point, if you're not familiar, uh, is a distillery out of BC, and uh, they do some really terrific stuff. They they do a lot of different weird stuff. They do like chocolate malts and and rice and all this and all this stuff. And uh, this is their uh, traditional kind of single malt whiskey. 
Uh, 46% APV going a little, uh, I think this is an old bottle like from like 2016, I think. So it's a, it's a classic. I like it. Can I ask an, another novice question then? Like, uh, whenever I hear single malt, I always think scotch, uh-huh. but that's not true. Mm-hmm. I guess, I guess there's Irish single malts and mm-hmm. there's Canadian single malts too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a great question because the in the United States, um, technically, uh, United States defines the grain based on fifty one uh, by the fifty one percent rule. So if it's suburban, it has to have at least fifty one percent corn, and then you know it could be any other grain after that. And if it's a rye, it has to be fifty one percent rye. And so technically, in the U.S., you can call something a, a, a malt or single malt or a malt whiskey, uh, but it doesn't. You know, in Scotland, it would be a single malt would be a hundred percent malted barley. Uh, and technically in the U.S. it only needs to be 51% malted barley. And then there's Canada, which doesn't really define malt as anything. So other than the malt grain, we don't really have uh, a background. But uh, yeah, a single malt is not a legal definition here in Canada. In Scotland, it would mean one wow. distillery, 100% malted barley. In uh, Canada, it's just telling you it's, you know, it's made from, you know, I mean, they're using the same nomenclature, but it just means that, it's uh, whiskey with That was with a deep malt. dive. That was a yeah. deeper dive than I was ready for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, in a way. Uh, Canada always playing really fast and loose with our whiskey rules. Yeah, you know, no whatever you want. You don't even well, have to have rye in it to make it, to, to call it rye. It just has to taste like rye. Interesting. That's right. That's right. I what am uh, upon upon your instruction uh, before <laughs> we started this podcast. I. I uh, got two drinks because I didn't know which one I, you know, trying to be ready. And uh, you guys are the, the experts. So I got a bourbon and a scotch. Uh, oh. I got a, a Buffalo Trace bourbon, uh, which I really enjoy. And I got uh, Balvenie, um, the 17 yeah. year old, is that what it is? Oh. The, yeah. Is it called yeah, Double? 17. I think it's called Doublewood, Jamie. Is that right? Yeah, you got it. The brownie label it. one. Yep. Um, nice one. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, as we go through, I might ask some questions about him as a novice. But, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that I always found interesting about whiskey coming from Newfoundland is that, um, oddly enough, like rye used to be in the sailor world that I come from, uh, rye was a girl's drink. Right. Really? That was my, yeah, yeah. And it was interesting because I know that it's often the other way around in the other parts of North America, right? But like in Newfoundland, the, the, the fellas all drank rum. <laughs> and the girls all drank whiskey, like in my mom's time and my father's time, you know, and and the the most genius or ingenious uh, piece of boozery that was ever concocted, I think, in the history of Canada was when Lamb's Rum made their product called Palm Breeze. Oh, yeah. And so Palm Breeze yeah. is a very, very amber, sharp rum uh-huh. and a dis- a disproportionate amount of it is sold here in Newfoundland, Labrador, because it was sold and marketed uniquely for here because it um, it uh, tasted both like rum and rye. And so it was a bottle of booze that the men and the women would drink. Wow. I, I I did not know that. Yeah, and so Newfoundland as well. You know, it's it's an odd. It's an odd. We're, of course, we're always opposite of everything, aren't we, down here? But yeah. <laughs> So it's interesting because yeah. you come from such a like rum culture, Alan. Like, what yeah. what is it about um, like singing and writing about whiskey that you do instead of like as opposed to rum? Is it literally? Oh, we we have our share of rum soaked songs as well, and mm-hmm. and the but and and of course the history in Newfoundland has rum in it uh, more than whiskey does. But because you know when Newfoundland was settled first, the the first trade that ever was done in the new world by the British government was between uh, like the island of Newfoundland 
and the West Indies and, and UK proper, Britain proper. So salt fish, which was the big trading thing here from a god, I don't know, from like 1520 or 1530 maybe, 1550, uh, was traded uh, back, was British owned, of course, because we were British owned. Mm -hmm. And all the way brought back uh, from the 1760s, we were British owned, was brought back to the UK. All the good codfish got brought back to the UK. And there's a, there's a famous song in Newfoundland called Hard Hard Times, which references the salt fish trade. And there's a ly lyric in there that goes, you take out your West Indies and you have nothing at all, right? And so, so there was the whole lyric is, you know, $5 for big, ten fifty for small, whatever. And it's a reference to selling the good codfish back to the UK or Britain. And then you take out your West Indies. Your West Indies was the worst grade of codfish. So we would trade codfish with Jamaica for sugar cane, sugar, molasses, and dark rum. So all dark Demerara rum, like famous Newfoundland screech and stuff, mm -hmm. came from Jamaica originally and the West Indies and primarily in those places uh, all traded with Newfoundland and Britain effectively. And so that's why Newfoundland is a rum-soaked place, like most of the sailor world. That's not unique mm -hmm. to hear, but mm -hmm. that's one of the very first trade routes ever set up in North America was between Newfoundland and the West Indies and Britain. And so that's why rum is so big here. And people come and say, yeah, Screech must be made in Newfoundland. I was like, have you looked around? Like, <laughs> where do you think we're making Screech here? Like, you know, what are we, we're making it out of rocks and moss. You know, it's like, we don't have any of the things that you would need to make it. But it is, it, it always, because it's such a sailor culture, of course, that we always had rum, you know, and then, and whiskey, I think really is a newer thing. I think whiskey happened in like my mom and dad's generation. And I, I don't notice, but I'm just thinking out loud, which is always dangerous. But I have a very strong suspicion that whiskey came to Newfoundland other than, uh, you know, some kind of moonshine or something. But I think whiskey proper came to Newfoundland probably in the Second World War when everything else came to Newfoundland. Because, of course, Newfoundland, uh, the population boomed <clears throat> around them because um, the uh, the massive – American service bases got set up in St. John's, in uh, the Navy stuff in St. John's and down in Argentia, the Air Force in Gander and all that stuff. So it was, and then up in Labrador, so there was tons and tons of Americans came in the Second World War. And I wouldn't be surprised to find out that that's, that was our first few tastes of whiskey. Yeah, I mean, and, and for our American listeners, and, and, you know, Newfoundland didn't become a part of Canada till you know, 1949. Canada, Canada joined Newfoundland in 1949. That's right. That's You're right. Welcome. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, how we're, that's how we're taught about it in, in Ontario as well. For your, for your American <laughs> listeners, I always say, I always say that uh, when, I, when I'm trying to describe where I'm from, I always tell them, that, you know, how you guys have like a, an island state down here that just recently joined and it used to be a country of its own and all that. Basically the same thing up in Canada. Newfoundland is Canada's version of Hawaii. <laughs> but in some ways, the exact opposite. There's no palm trees, uh, for one. Um, but to go, that's a long way to try to answer Jamie's question, though, about, you know, whiskey and song and rum and song and drinking and song. One of the things that's funny, now that you mention it, is that in Newfoundland culture, certainly in, there's not a lot of beer songs, yeah. is there, compared to like what you might find in, in Irish culture or certainly in like American culture. Beer is not a not a big one here. It's always mm -hmm. been the because we couldn't get it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, beer is a really new thing here. I, now that I think about it, I mean, the breweries here started probably in my father's lifetime, the big ones, right? And so, right. so like the it's always been about the 
the rum or the or the whiskey or whatever. And, and again, because of the American influence that started here in the Second World War, uh, country music uh, became really popular here. Like because the big stars in that, like the country music stars of the 1950s and 60s. Uh, were just huge stars here, you know, and, and it sort of lingers to this day that, uh, you know, country music stars um, are big stars in Newfoundland. Like, you know, John Prine can sell out a, a hockey rink here. Chris Christopherson, you know, these singer-songwriter guys from America who in the rest of North America do quite well, but in, in Newfoundland they're superstars, you know, like, mm-hmm. and uh, it just, so it lingers on through that stuff. But the, mm-hmm. the, the songs about the drink, I think, are in Newfoundland history – are I think present because Newfoundland has songs about everything and, and, and drink is one of them. And so the, you know, like Ron Hines famously said that Newfoundland has recorded its history in song. Right. And I think that's a fantastic thing. And I love it because of course, even where I grew up, there's no libraries, right? There's no school, there's no university out in Pity Harbor, you know? So it's like, there's no newspaper, there was no radio station, right? Like, so all the, the recording of, history even up until my mother and father's time was done in songs and if you want to learn something about newfoundland well you could do you could do a lot worse than just to learn 10 newfoundland songs right and that's a really cool thing to be a singer from a spot who does who does you know who likes to sing songs so yeah there's lots of songs about whiskey and there's lots of songs about garden parties and there's lots of songs about horses and ice and horses falling through ice and there's lots of songs about ships and shipwrecks and girls you got and girls you didn't get and there's lots of songs about fights and making up and there's just lots of songs yeah it's interesting though like what so i mean whiskey obviously it kind of like invokes like a there's like an emotional piece to it as well like you're when you're when you're singing about whiskey or as opposed to like wine or yeah. beer, there's something, there's something there that I yeah, think you're like right. cross genre, like people just accept that when you sing about whiskey, you're singing about a very specific sort of thing, like feeling, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I think I hadn't really thought about it, but I'm glad you mentioned it now. And as you're saying it, it occurs to me that rum and beer live on one side of the emotional spectrum yeah. as for a songwriter. And wine and whiskey live on the other one, maybe, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. like there's a, there's a, you know, if wine is all about romance, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe rum is all about fighting <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, whiskey is probably all about, you know, heartbreak and, and, uh, and it's all about uh, celebration and heart, like it runs the gamut. Like it's funny because in, I was thinking about this before we were talking because I just, I, I, just out of interest for myself, how like in country music, whiskey is represented one way, whereas in mm. in Celtic music and Irish music, it's kind of represented a different way, right? So like in uh, in country music, we all know of like crying in your whiskey or crying in your beer, that kind of mm-hmm. uh, a heartbreak or tragedy, right? That lives in all the in all the you know the you know the the beautiful. There's so many beautiful ones like a uh, you know Tennessee whiskey or um, um, a, there's that beautiful song called Whiskey Lullaby that's just spectacular. Like it's always heartbreak. Whiskey is always associated with heartbreak. Whereas in Celtic culture and Irish culture, it's always celebration, right? There'll be rolling in the hay. There'll be whiskey in the tay when the boys come rolling home. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like whiskey, whiskey, Nancy, whiskey, 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 Nancy. Oh, you know, it's just like it's it just it seems to have a totally different place in for songwriters. So that's yeah, it's interesting how it, how it lives in completely differently in both worlds. 
Wow. Yeah. And like, I've noticed, like, at least amongst like our brand ambassador group, like everybody's sort of, you know, there was this group chat that where our global ambassador was asking everyone for sort of their top three sort of like hobbies and things they're interested in. And every single one of us said music and they just sort of, they just complement each other so well. Like anytime we've ever done anything like really cool, we've built like, you know, a, a base from like a old barrel <laughs> staves and same with like a drum kit. So like it's, it's got this thing. And like I did a, I did a tasting once with Miranda, my friend who's a fiddle player and she, she brought two different fiddles and made out of two different kinds of wood and so like I did a tasting and then she sort of spoke about the effect of wood on like the tone of her instrument and I got to obviously talk about the effect of wood on whiskey so it's kind of this like really cohesive thing and like I don't know maybe it's just like everyone wants to be cool and like musicians and like I don't know <laughs> like, I don't know what it is like well you know what it I think you're right. I think you're right. And I never thought of it also, but it's like, I like, I'm about to use a term that when I was younger was, what wasn't cool, but I think it's cool. Now. We're allowed to say nerds now, right? Like everyone wants <laughs> yeah. to be a nerd. Right. And like, I'm way older than you guys, but, but it's like the, you know, like the being a nerd is, is especially in the internet age is fantastic because you can find lots of other nerds, you know, who are like, who love whatever you love type thing. And um, mm -hmm. certainly instruments and acoustic musicians like Miranda Mulholland you mean right and she's incredible of course and we mm -hmm. you know we love and I'm you know she's a folky and so am I right so like I you know I could talk for days about what kind of wood is in my you know flat top tenor four string mm -hmm. guitar versus you know mm -hmm. the ebony wood that's in the other one and yada yada and fiddle players and then you know talking about how people store whiskey and rum and and stuff in, and the effect of wood on the product is mm -hmm. It's kind of similar, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. we Well, Sam Simmons, who was our global brand ambassador for a while, recorded um, a whole album in the maltings at the Belbeni. So he brought all his like gear and stuff in there. Oh, I can do that. When do we do that? Can I just, uh, set me up there yeah. with a bunch of casks that opened already yeah. and we're good to go. Yeah. I'll write, I'll yeah. write something. <laughs> yeah. I love the conversation around uh, like emotion and mood and, and kind of what where, where rum and whiskey um, uh, fit in because like in, in modern music culture like pop pop culture specifically like whiskey's kind of thrown in there as like it's the new kind of um, uh, it's the new kind of like like I, I don't like it's just kind of that cool thing if somebody says you know whis whiskey on rocks or, or whatever in a song and it's like it kind of mm -hmm. evokes that kind of uh, like it gets more maturity or, or or just like oh you're doing something. Mm -hmm something classy uh but then you go to to more traditional country songs and, and this and that and, and it's and it is more about that kind of mood at the bar uh I, my favorite songs are the ones that are about like just had drinking whiskey and just having uh, fun like just just enjoying you know that that time they i'm not into the sad whiskey songs i just i just it's just a, not Mark, an equation that i, have in I my didn't mind. even know you knew any songs. i i'm just going based on <laughs> memories of some songs don't ask me what songs they were um <laughs> no. uh, but um yeah <laughs> Well, Alan, I think you'll appreciate that. Well, I don't know if you'll appreciate it or not. And Mark, you can totally cut this out if you want to. But <laughs> I got this email from Mark on like Friday. 
And it was um, Pat Benatar's husband is like, I don't know, is he making yeah. the whiskey? Neil Geraldo. And so Mark his name is Neil Geraldo. and he's like, you're sing, I You're singing no my idea. song. So these, this is an 80s rock icon. So I can, I can give you a small bio of Neil Geraldo if you like, but carry on. When's he coming on the podcast, Mark? Uh, they're, 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 we're working on scheduling. They haven't, Are you uh, serious? Yeah. You're getting Neil Geraldo on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. He's the wow. next one. So, but like Mark like, had no uh, idea. He was just like, I don't know. This doesn't mean anything to me. Like, do you know what this is? And I was like, yes, Mark. I literally, I went as far as to Google. I'm like, oh, this is a name. I, well, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Uh, please uh, give my regards to uh, Neil. I'll call him by his first name. He's a hero of mine musically. Um he, uh, you know, he produced and and co-wrote almost all the Pat Benatar uh, stuff. Mm. You know, so he's responsible for the one of the greatest rock riffs in history. But he's also get this one if you want. I think I hope I'm right here. Uh, he's also <laughs> responsible for dun 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 dun. Jesse is a friend. He produced that whole song and played guitar on that whole song. I just want to know, Mark, what does that make you? Does that mean anything to you? No. Jesse's girl? You know, I wish that I had Jesse's girl. I literally have no ear for any. Uh, yeah, he's a famous guy, uh, and he's a very, very well. Uh, he used to anyway. He's a. We talk about whiskey nerds. I'm a kind of a guitar player nerd, and so Neil Geraldo's up there. Yeah. But it is great. Um, you know, one one story I wanted to tell about uh, here, or and it's more of a question, I suppose. Uh, but before we go any further, cheers to you both. I just finished my Buffalo Trace. I did that first. I don't know. Is that the right way to do it? Yep. Yeah. Is that the right order? Yes. Yeah, that's that's great. Order. Yeah. Yes. Um, so do you guys know, or do you have the tradition in, I'm sorry, are both you guys from Ontario? Yes. Yeah. So do you have, um, uh, do you guys have the tradition in Ontario of swish? No, not really. Like if I say swish, what does that mean to you? As a drink, I mean. You fill a barrel up with like water and then yeah. wait for the yeah, that's right yeah the alcohol to that's it yeah into, that's yeah, the whole yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. The, the the rum that we were talking about mm-hmm. um earlier up until very recently like even like five six years ago came to newfoundland in mass barrels right and was then rebottled in newfoundland by the liquor corporation to be sold as screech or whatever brand they might have in mind or whatever right but but those then for years and years and years, the thing was once a year, the NLC would sell off the wooden barrels. Whoa. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, so it would be a mad dash from Petty Harbor out to the <laughs> NLC <laughs> to get a swish barrel, right? Because yeah. what you'd do, you'd take a barrel or two, and they were like 50 bucks or something. Plus, you had a cool barrel, which fishermen would love to have for a million reasons, right down in the wharf and stuff. And then, but your first use, of course, is you'd, like Jamie said, you put hot water in it and you'd mark. The staves, if you will, um, kind of like a clock, right? And you, mm-hmm. so you'd put like, I don't know, say a third or of an eighth of a barrel of water in it. And then you'd slowly clock the barrel 
so that uh, the water had a period of time, like say a day on each of the staves. So it sucked all the rum out of the, that had soaked into the wood. And uh, it was a real cheap way to get a great big pile of rum. And Swish Barrel Day was a wonderful day when I was a kid in Petty Harbor. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> well, and I just wondered if it was all over the place. <laughs> I, I will say, um, I, not in downtown Toronto because we we you know we didn't even know whiskey was aged in barrels. We just bought our Jack Daniels or whatever we were drinking, uh, and, and that was that. But I will say, um, e- even the Buffalo Trace you just drank, um, that whiskey was probably filled like even at Buffalo Trace distillery they take barrels and they'll uh, literally get all the whiskey out of the out of the staves. And I think they they shake them really quickly, Jamie or something like that, or pressurize them. I can't recall what method they use. Um, but even so, so the, a lot of distilleries will, will do that and just take all the whiskey out and then they'll use that as the kind of water that they pour into the whiskey. So they kind of, you know, so they'll add it to the whiskey afterwards. Yeah. Like it's what they like. Um, I mean, Jim Beam went and marketed that as devil's cut. So they would right. take, they would like basically make like swish and then they, that's, that's what they would use to bring the, um, the whiskey down to whatever yeah, to appropriate proof. Yeah. The things we do. The things we do for barrels. I would just like to say that uh, um, this not only is this a lovely chat, but it's also a great excuse to have a, a drink in the afternoon. And uh, as Sometimes we speak, we in the mornings. <laughs> as we speak, at the time of our taping here, it just passed four <laughs> o'clock in St. John's. So I'm clear now, right? I can. Oh, you're in. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. One of my favorite tweets is uh, the early tweets uh, when the COVID started was like somebody said like, well, at this point forward, it's just airplane dr- airport drinking rules. Just whatever. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> I don't usually drink like 118 proof at 2.30 in the afternoon, but it felt like the kind of no, day a great where whiskey. it needed to happen. Yeah, it's, it's completely um, educational uh, for the people at home. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Oh, yeah. We're all about education. That's what we do. (laughs) Well, it's interesting. I was sort of looking at my notes and, um, you know, the the whole music and whiskey thing has even, and I don't know if it's out yet or Mark, you might know better than I do, but that there was uh, a warehouse that Mm -hmm. was playing music um, inside of where all the, the barrels are. So essentially like the vibration from, the bass would sort of vibrate the the actual casks. And so they were saying that these, you know, these particular casks were like heavily influenced by, was like David Bowie or something like that. By 80 um, hertz, but, 80 kilohertz. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I saw that like a year, two years ago. Yeah. And I don't know if it ever, if it ever came out or if they capitalized on it somehow or like, some Again, I'm available. Out. I'm available for any of this research. Anytime. Yeah, this is all. Yeah. Uh, well, I I, I, I don't. I barely recall this. I did Google it while while Jay was talking. So it's uh, Metallica released a forty three dollar whiskey aged with the power of metal, and they uh, uh, aged it whiskey in the jar. Oh uh, my god! Yeah. Amazing. Anyway, that that's a thing. I, I you know I mean that could be a thing. I I'm just all for Alan Alan trying it. I think that's the most important thing. It's uh, just to see uh, just the effort of it all. You know, but Alan's gonna have to be there for like yeah. you know. A month and a half. Time. Month and a half. Month and a half. You think definitely, that's enough age? Definitely month gonna, and a half. Yeah. Right. Gonna <laughs> um, yeah. Well, the, I mean, the, the other, the the only other thing I, that I sort of thought of that might be interesting about you know the the mix of you know drinking songs and celebration, if you will, in Newfoundland 
culture, which of course is, you know, if, if I was a songwriter born in Philadelphia or something or California, my knee jerk default position is like rock and roll probably or the blues or something. Right. Mm-hmm. But of course I'm from Petty Harbor, Newfoundland. So like my default music isn't when I'm not thinking about it. I don't think in 12 bar blues. I think in Celtic stuff i think in six eight rhythms and i think in waltzes and i think in so my, my sort of knee jerk my default is a little different and 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 when i almost all the music that i learned as a kid right was was music to facilitate some kind of celebration and that's not in like again specific to newfoundland but it is kind of unusual right because you know throughout most of europe and north america there's there were lots of kinds of music that are meant as sort of recitals, right? Mm-hmm. People learn the violin to go to a violin recital and they go to a quiet place and they stand in front of a group of people who listen to the violinist demonstrate how much better they are than anybody else is. And that's, that's a recital, right? That's, that's the point or a piano or what have you, you know? But of course I didn't do any of that. I mean, I didn't, you know, I, I, all the music that I learned when I was a kid was to sing either at a funeral or at a church, or at the Christmas concert, or in the kitchen concert, or to keep the dance floor full at the bar, or to entertain people at the garden party, or so it was, it was always all my music was always wrapped up in some kind of performance, for lack of a better word, and and celebration. And so I think m- probably disproportionately more than like any other kind of. Uh, um, like a, a lot of other songwriters, not any other kind, but the drink and the celebration and the dancing and the and the shenanigans end up in our songs probably more than most, right? Because so much of our music is done collectively and for a gathering. And, and that's, you know, it's also not an imagine of why the COVID-19 racket hurts us the most <laughs> because we're all, we're all built to, uh, to, assemble you know like newfoundlanders are built to come together and are and uh you know that's our superpower and we feel like it's been taken away from us a little bit but we're doing our best god knows but yeah so so you know newfoundland song i think is is drenched in celebration which inevitably involves you know um stuff like drinking and stuff like um um you know dancing and fighting and and all the stuff that comes with you know the garden party and the ghouls yeah, wow, that's pretty amazing. I love that. Yeah, I, I think that's that's what I I you know we we did. Um, now that I think of... about it, sorry to interrupt. Now that I yeah, think about yeah, it, it, how come there's not a song called "The Garden Party in the Ghouls"? That's a pretty awesome title, isn't it? <laughs> oh, your next project. <laughs> a lot of stuff went down at the Garden Party in the Ghouls. Let me tell you right now. Yeah, I I, I think that's where uh, like I couldn't name one single like Celtic song by by name, but it was always such a uh, you know, where where I I drank in Toronto, uh, I was always at you know at a pub and uh, towards the end of the night, and it was always you know, that was the music we always listened to towards the end. And it was always very happy music, uh, or it was sad music because it was Last Call, uh, you know. That... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that, that's kind of where I've always uh, that's where it kind of always connects with me, yeah, for sure. Um, Jamie, do you mind telling me what I'm drinking? I've moved on to the second. Oh, you're drinking the, the Belveni 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. So. Um... As with like a classic Doublewood, um, it's finished in a sherry cask. So it's been 17 years first in American And it's, oak. is it called Doublewood because it goes in there twice? Yeah, two kinds of wood. So American oak first, and that's for full 17 years. And then it's like six to nine months in a sherry cask. 
Um, but because it's so, it spends so much time in the American oak, you get a lot of that sort of American oak influence, which is like caramel and vanilla and like toffee. Like those are all very sort of uh, classic American oak flavor profiles. And then there's a little bit of sherry cask sort of influence. Like it's not as much, um, but it's like that sort of like dark stone fruit, like, like, like cinnamon and like baked fruits like christmas cakey kind of no you're talking but yeah christmas cake <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, was starting, I didn't get any of it till you said christmas cake and that was it yeah um um yeah <laughs> you know it's funny I, I whenever i i hear people describe wine or whiskey what or whatever as a you know in great detail like you just did in the taste of it i'm always um surprised at how suggestible I am as a person because if you had just said it tastes like salt fish, I would have went, "Oh yeah, it does. It definitely does." Or if you had said it tastes like gym sock, I would have went, "Oh, of course, yeah, I can get that yeah. too." <laughs> but it's like whatever, so, whatever word you say will, will yeah. lands on my tongue somehow. Yeah. You know? But it, it, I, what I like about this um, um, Double Wood Seventeen one is that it, um, like the bourbon I just said, I would describe as kind of sweet. Does that mean? And and then the the, the the one I have here now isn't sweet, but it's not um it's not what I would call like uh strong tasting either. It it's um it's got a I guess it's the fruit you mentioned, I suppose, or something. It's got a it's got a, a, a more round kind of taste to it. So um Look at you with the tasting. I don't know. Oh. I'm, guys, I'm, look, you guys, know, I don't know anything about this stuff. It's, but it's like No, that is just really trying good. to keep up here. We also have the we have we, sometimes we come up with um crazy tasting notes like i think somebody i think it was glenford we had our friend on once who like he has the most like sort of ethereal tasting notes ever he was like it's like when you open the window on like a warm spring day and you like and you're making your bed and you like and then like you ruffle the sheet a little bit and like that i got crooked and we're like i just got crooked one day in napa we were on like this wine tasting all day long wine tasting you know and i just wanted to get bombed you know by the time the end of it was over and i was getting I, my patience for you know delicate uh, descriptions of taste were running out and uh and and i sort of got crooked and i shouldn't have done it i feel bad for doing it but we're at this last wine tasting and someone said this one has a pre-taste of uh of like a, of pine nuts or something and i put my hand up and i said he said yes question i was like i said did you just say pre-taste <laughs> and the guy said yes it has a pre-taste of pine nuts i was like pre-taste it's like do you mean it's like do you mean smell oh you must mean smell well there's already a word for that it's called smell what are you doing saying pre-taste for anyway i got i, I kind of got kicked never. out i kind of got kicked out yeah. i felt bad i shouldn't have interrupted I've but literally never heard no, that it has a pre-taste of, of pine nut it's like uh, i'm calling bullshit i'm calling bullshit right now oh my. Now, now I'm paranoid. I'm going to use that once because oh that was God. in my head. I'm like, who would use this word? For what does that even mean? Pre-taste. That's going to be so. Sometimes when we do um, like tastings uh, as like brand ambassador groups, we we hand out like um, a slip of paper ahead of time. I think we talked about this with Cam from the Macallan, and we so everyone gets a, a word that they have oh, to that's use right, yeah. um, during their presentation, and then it's just like a little game. And um, I'm going to put pre-taste now. That's going to be it. It's like one of, it, was, it was a trigger oh. for me. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, but I was, I, like, I was trying to figure out what to drink and what to bring because 
you know what it's like, um, you know, I'm a novice coming on to an expert's show and I was worried that your listeners at home who are clearly all wine or sorry, whiskey kind of people, you know, and that I would be here going, hey, what's the difference in bourbon and scotch, you know, or something and like, so sorry to well, your folks you know, at we, home. <laughs> no, no, this is good. We, we sometimes hear the feedback. We're like, we sometimes hear the feedback like, we love your podcast, but I feel like we need a Whiskey 101 podcast to introduce to you. So, because sometimes we, we, we say, say say things and people are just like, wait, what? Yeah, it's yeah. a basic thing. Place. You know, the, the only, one other thing that I, I, I'm sorry to be sort of leading my own conversation here. No, uh, you go for one, it. The only other thing I thought about in preparation for this whole racket was, I think the word whiskey is just, it's a perfect word to sing, right? That's one of the reasons uh-huh. that you because it has a, like, like Hoxley Workman, a uh, famous Canadian songwriter, he always talks about words that are just, that, that feel good coming out of your mouth, right? And mm-hmm. like, and, and like there's a German word called hübsch and it means cute and it's like hübsch and you almost got to kiss yourself to say it, right? And it's, it's like, it's a perfect word and then you have, and whiskey is a great word for songs because it 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 pairs like with with all the all the question words right like like i just had a song called what the whiskey won't do right so it's all the like the it's got a w in it so it's like and then of course it has a y at the end of it so it rhymes with almost everything right (laughs) so and so it's a perfect uh it's a perfect like for example beer right beer it's kind of like, I don't mean the product, but I mean the word itself, right? It's kind of boring. Yeah. Beer. That's it. It doesn't have any cool, it doesn't have any cool parts to it, hardly. Whereas whiskey, tequila is fantastic word, right? But it's yeah. under, it's been underused and, but it, it, there, there's that great song that's out right now. That's the perfect country song right now called, uh, when I taste tequila, baby, I still see it. And it's like tequila. The one thing about tequila, I think that's been tricky is that it's not an easy rhyme. Uh, whereas whiskey rhymes with almost everything, you know, and, uh, and it's like anything else with a Y on it, it's great, fine, you know, and, but it's the W and it's, it's a cool word. It's like, um, and it's one of those things too, that it means a lot of things, right? Like we talked about earlier, whiskey means a lot of things. It means tragedy and it means celebration and it means sort of recklessness. And it means it's kind of like when in doubt, chuck whiskey in there, it'll it'll probably be all right. Someone will be meaningful to someone. It's like songwriters tricks of like, whenever you can put love in a song, put it in there. Right. And the other one is if you can, you know, if it's a song you're going to sing in concert, try your best to put tonight in there. Cause you know, if you're standing on stage and you're you're, the end of your chorus ends in tonight, (laughs) then everyone goes, yeah, he means now. Sort of a little look behind the songwriter curtain there for a second. Oh, that's funny. So I have a question. So because so many artists are coming out with their own whiskeys, like we talked about Metallica, there's a couple other ones. Is it the Pogues that have their own whiskey too? And Drake and there's a there's a bunch. What would what would an Alan Doyle whiskey be? Yeah, that's a great question. Oh, well, yeah, is there, are people doing that because like it's sort of the micro micro kind of distilleries are happening more and more is that right or or why is it happening more than ever so, some of them are like it's just a, a brand but thing. most of them are just purchased uh like like drake's they they buy from a third party a lot of, a lot of the a lot of the celebrity whiskeys are, are purchased from from producers and, and then just bottled independently well if i was to if i was to to make a whiskey uh it would be 
a mm-hmm. a sort of a Scotch whiskey that tastes uh, that if mm-hmm. uh, like that drifts towards the bourbon tasting kind of whiskey. So you have all that kind of alcohol and mm-hmm. peaty taste of of Scotch, but it has that earthy uh, that earthy business, mm-hmm. you know of of some of the bourbons like uh, what's that one with all the roses on it? What's that called? Four Roses. Four Roses. Yeah, that one. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, so I think that would be my favorite whiskey. But I mean, I got to say right now, my favorite whiskey is the one I got in my hand right here. That, 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 that'd be good. The, the uh, you know, the Doublewood one, because it has, I, I would like the Alan Doyle whiskey to have that same kind of feel where it was like, it was um, easy to drink, yet, uh, yet boozy. And you knew you were having it. Because I don't want, I, it's one of the things, I don't want my drinks to not taste like drinks. You know, and I've noticed that, like, I don't want, uh, you know, my, what the in, maybe it's an old school thing. I don't know, but it's like, and maybe it's because I came from such a rummy culture where you can't hide rum in anything. You know, I mean, it mm-hmm. tastes like dark rum, you know. You can try to put juice in it or something, but it still tastes like rum. And the, uh, so when, it, when as I got older and I guess more urban and more well-traveled and you have all these drinks that don't, look, you, look, you can't taste any alcohol. And I'm going like, yeah, great. What's the point of that? And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I think that's, that, that would be my ideal whiskey. I would say. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's a, yeah. that's a great commonality yeah. among, among whiskey drinkers. We, we want to drink something that we feel like we're drinking something as opposed to, uh, you know, just having alcohol. We want to kind of feel that uh, the bite of it and the strength of it. And we want to feel that, that, that 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 concept oh we're, we're actually having a drink uh, yeah yeah and I, it, I, yeah and in an interesting way too i think one of the things i like about drinking stronger uh drinks like stronger tasting more present alcohol tasting drinks is that i think in the oddest ways it makes me drink less because i don't i don't want you know like the i just if i'm going to have one drink i want to know that i'm having one and then i just go to bed or whatever you know like certainly yeah. on the road I, I regularly have one drink and go to bed like and because mm-hmm. I got to sing the next night or whatever, and so if I'm having one, mm-hmm. I want my body to know I'm having it. <laughs> <laughs> You've earned this. Yeah. You're yeah. good. Yeah, you I, know. It's, so I, yeah. I do like I do like that part of it and stuff. But it is interesting how more how you know the whiskey has changed its role almost in pop culture in the last I don't know twenty years or whatever. It just feels like it's gone from as you say the. What was once the sort of uh, lowbrow kind of, you know, uh, dive bar drink to, that is, you know, it's gone back to becoming like Mad Men classy again or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that like, I mean, we had the the older podcast about, you know, Jack Daniels and Frank Sinatra and how, you know, he was kind of the one that brought Jack Daniels into that sort of like music sphere and then kind of became like, you know, because Frank was frank and he was the coolest and and uh and that has sort of like prevailed and then you have got like this whole class of musicians who are like rock stars who are you know like drinking jack out of the bottle and then that sort of has now led into like you said it's kind of gotten a bit more refined again so like even jack daniels is releasing hundred dollar you know bottles commemorative for like sinatra and all this stuff so it's it's sort of yeah it's kind of coming full circle yeah i, I like the um i like the concept uh too because i i think you know like i, I guess my my introduction to whiskey would have been in that uh in the 80s and 90s with with rock music specifically um but uh but so that's always been kind of the image and so yeah i think Mad Men. you mentioned you know we just 
we 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 probably forget now. Maybe we don't. I don't know. Maybe I've forgotten how much of an influence that has had on the whiskey scene uh, when that came out um, and and how it uh, elevated. Um, uh, but also demonstrate the problems, right? It, it kind of did both uh, as well. But it, it it elevated that that oh, you know, people that you know were successful had whiskey as well. Uh, it, it did it did create an interesting culture there as well. Interesting dynamic. Yeah, no, for that's that's really and great. It, it did a lot for super boozy cocktails like old fashions in Manhattan's. Mm-hmm. And then because of that, people started paying attention because those are drinks that you can't hide behind. Like they're boozy, they're booze forward. And so then I'm for me like that's the reason that I got into whiskey in the first place was because I started drinking old fashions in Manhattan's because I saw them on Mad Men. And then it was just kind of like, oh, well, what kind of whiskey do you want in your drink? And then went down a rabbit (laughs) hole and here I am. But I think a lot of people I I, I really, I wasn't a fan of the cocktail scene in the, like the nineties and and 2000s. I've never seen, I've never seen Mad Men. What? (laughs) Come on. I've never seen (laughs) it. No, that's, that's well. Oh. I feel like it's just a shocking thing to be saying on your podcast. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, that but is it's got it's got life. It's got the 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 good looking dude in there, and and but it also has mm-hmm. the lady who's the amazing actress. Yeah, she's so who's great. in who's in mm-hmm. um, who's in Handmaid's Tale, right? Yeah. Yeah, isn't she in there? Like, I gotta watch it. I guess. Yeah, gotta catch you gotta up. Watch it. No, spent too much is, time singing folk to. songs, dirty old folk songs. <laughs> oh that's amazing no no you have to watch um, that just 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 binge watch it the uh the whole the whole series is great and it's great start to finish um literally great start to finish there's nothing like there's no points where i was like ooh, like it's so good um mark when do you think this podcast is going to come out um it'll i probably wednesday or thursday all right yeah well, Alan's doing um, online concerts all week from his recording oh, oh, studio nice. where he is right now, like every day, five our time. Okay. Um, he's doing a, a little online sing-along. Yes. Uh, every day uh, this week uh, until Friday at five o'clock Eastern time, uh, singing a few songs, um, raising money for a dollar a day foundation, which is our mental health and addictions uh, foundation that we started here in Newfoundland. And this week, we're specifically raising money for Kids Help Phone, because of course, during this uh, during this uh, turbulent time, uh, kids are having a hard time like everybody else, and mm-hmm. the the call volumes to Kids Help Phone have been flooded and tripled and and quadrupled, and and uh, they're they're under the gun to. Uh, to try to keep up with it. So we're, we're giving him a hand this week and we're going to try to raise um, uh, a few dollars for them. And as I talk, our total is well over, let me see here, 15 grand. We're trying to get, we're trying to reach wow. 25 grand by the time the week's over. So if your listeners tune into Facebook live around uh, uh, five o'clock Eastern time, you'll hear it. And then um, if you want to text to give um, to a dollar a day foundation, uh, the um, all the instructions that are on the website, or just go to a dollar a day ca and you'll find out about it. Thanks for mentioning that. All right, and I'll put that in the show notes for the podcast, and we'll include that. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, Thanks great. so much. Yeah. And there's yeah. a little banner across the bottom that Alan is particularly <laughs> proud of. <laughs> I tell you, it's doing. There is, you know, there is a certain amount of um, multitasking that's required to do. Uh, podcasting or sorry like live broadcasting from your basement by yourself and i mean again like i mentioned earlier i didn't get in the music racket 
so I could sit in a room by myself singing. Like it's not what I did it for. And <laughs> the you know the so there's just sitting down here in the studio by myself singing songs uh, is weird, you know, and it requires a good chunk of my brain just to do that. But then, of course, <laughs> I also have to engineer the audio. But then there's also you know the notion that I'm actually the broadcaster as well. And then there's like a banner that has to come so people know where to click, right? And all that stuff. So I feel like, you know, if I can do like, because I'm not a very smart fella. And like, so I can do one, maybe two things at a time. Like, that's it. And like, then I start to max out. And I feel like, I feel like my skill set is really being stretched. And the fact that two or three times in a row now, I've successfully put the banner up on the bottom of the Facebook is one of my, one of my life's greatest accomplishments. I really do. I really do. It's like I look over every time and I go, Alan, you're killing it, but you're growing. Aww. You're growing as a person. You're killing it. And then, I realize, and then I realize I've skipped the second verse of the song because <laughs> I've been congratulating myself for the banner. <laughs> oh, well. Well, guys, thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. It's really, really appreciated. Um, Alan, you're going to stick around for a few more minutes. We're going to do uh, a Patreon only. We'll ask you a question uh, for for patrons of the podcast as well. Um, And um, yeah, so follow. We'll we'll point to all your uh, social medias on that, uh, on the show notes. Uh, So where do you like to, what's, what's your favorite social media, Alan? Oh, Twitter is my most popular, I guess. All right. And so what is that? Oh, uh, what is Twitter? No, no. <laughs> what is your handle? Oh, Alan Thomas oh. Doyle, I guess, is it? Oh, man. I, I am maybe one, two drinks too many. I moved on to Jack Daniels, so there you go. <laughs> and Jamie, where can we find you? I'm still All a right. bourbon thing, which is exactly actually what I <laughs> right am today. Here. I am bourbon. Oh, it's a good day to drink. Uh, and I'm Mark Bylock, M-A-R-K-B-Y-L-O-K. So we're going to put in the show notes, we're going to put uh, your live concert information. And of course, um, and, and we do at every show, we put a link to our favorite Alan Doyle song. Actually, I, sh- I, I shouldn't say speak for Jamie. What, what's what's Jamie's favorite Alan Doyle song? I'm going to oh, put Jamie on the spot before we oh, go. No. That's a really good question. Oh, boy. I know. Um, hmm. Come on, I picked Balvenny. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. What's up here? Um. You can't put I it. Think, you can't put it on this. No, spot. no, I fair. think. I, I, no, no, no. You 100 percent can. Mark does it all the time. <laughs> I do. <laughs> this, is, true. this is classic Mark. <laughs> um, I think right now there. Okay, so like you know, a great whiskey that you love. Um, you know, they they always sort of cycle through. So like you said, whatever whiskey in your hand is, is the one you like the best at the moment. But, um, so I've cycled through a couple, but I really love from the new record, uh, we're going to love tonight. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's I love that one my too. Fave. My cur- <laughs> it's on my current playlist, which I'm going to do a playlist. I wrote that with, podcast, um, and then you can most of the good bits in that one were written by my friend Donovan Woods. He's amazing. And, uh, um, yeah. I do love that song too. Thanks for saying that because it's really like, it's really sort of, it's, it's very transparently about, you know, somebody walking out on stage, but, um, you know, the, the real essence of that song is about people who are willing to, to give themselves to the evening, you know, in spite of how hard tomorrow might be as a result. And those are the people I want to hang around with. <laughs> uh, that's why you're a good, good drinking buddy. <laughs> that's awesome. 
No, that that's wonderful. Yeah. And I, this, this is going to be my favorite moment in, on the podcast as far as putting Jamie on the spot. I'm so proud of myself right now. Anyway, Alan, thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, I'll, let, I'll, let, I'll let you guys work that out. You guys, I feel like there's a history here that I don't know about. I'll, let, I'll leave it to you guys for that one. Thanks for having me, though. Thanks, Thanks so much. Jamie. Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raised the roof, now we're lowering the floor. The band.